Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it's Prince Ripapat. Welcome to the next chapter. I hope everyone is safe and sound at home. I know this is a really difficult period for everyone right now. It's scary. It's sad. It's frustrating. This pandemic has impacted every single person on this planet and affected every corner of this world, including sports. It's definitely weird not having any games or matches to watch. It's unfortunate. And considering the scope of the show, If there was ever a time to talk about life beyond or after sport, it is definitely now. And while I do realize that what we are dealing with is much bigger than sport, much bigger, I couldn't help but think about all the athletes and coaches whose seasons and or careers came to an abrupt end. So for the next several weeks, we here at The Athletic are turning my podcast into a video show, which you can check out on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. The premise of the show will essentially stay the same, but I'm going to be checking in with players, coaches, and various voices in the sports world just to see how everyone's managing this difficult period, including being quarantined at home. We'll talk about the shock a lot of people are experiencing, the emotions that are bubbling to the surface, And we'll also discuss the ways in which athletes and coaches can turn this layoff into a positive and productive experience. And listen, we're also going to have a little fun too, because I think that's really important during a crisis like this. It's crucial that we connect and laugh and still find a way to enjoy life, even in the midst of some very trying times. These interviews will be a little bit shorter around the 25 to 35 minute range, primarily because it's a different medium talking about video. And we'll be pumping out a large volume of these, which puts a strain on resources. But I hope you nonetheless enjoy these conversations and are able to take away something from each of them. On today's show, I decided to bring on two guests because I wanted the perspective from a former coach as well as a former athlete. From the coach's perspective, That raspy voice you'll hear belongs to a two-time ACC Coach of the Year, ESPN College Basketball Analyst for College Game Day, and my former colleague on First Take College Basketball, Seth Greenberg. Before joining ESPN, Seth was a coach for 34 years. From Columbia to Pitt to Miami to Long Beach State to Virginia Tech, he's seen and done it all. The other big burly voice you'll hear in this interview is a former Notre Dame offensive lineman who, thereafter, spent a number of years making the rounds at the NFL level before retiring in 2016. And although his intelligence and athletic gifts were always exemplary, 
It was his voice that would put him on an even bigger stage as he's become a regular on a number of ESPN shows, including Golick and Wingo. He's also a great person to invite to your wedding if you're ever looking for a phenomenal dancer. And that person is Mike Golick Jr. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Here is Seth and Mike and me, all quarantined up at home, but catching up via Skype. Mikey, what were you doing? Do the smile. Hello. It's so nice to see all of you guys. Mike Golick Jr., Coach Seth Greenberg, everybody safe at home. Um, Coach, I know you just mentioned that you um, reorganize your bookshelf. It's looking fantastic. More importantly, thank you very much. (laughs) How are you feeling physically and mentally? Because I know you were dealing with a sore throat. Yeah, it was a little sore throat, but I feel fine. I, actually, it's not a sore throat. My vocal cords it must be I've talked too much. I, as you know, most times I reject when my producer says rap. I just keep talking. I have uh, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, really. Yeah, as you <laughs> wait a second. You hosted that show with me and Cats, so I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking. I about. I probably said three words in five years. Like I didn't yeah, have. It, I just sit back and let you guys roll. It was great. It was a good three words. You know, and mentally, I mean, look, this is really hard. This is a difficult time. And, you know, what I've been trying to do actually daily is kind of send a message out through Twitter. Because, you know, a lot of the things we're dealing with today, uh, we dealt with as you know, players or coaches or whatever. And it's like making decisions for the good of the group. Like our society's got to understand the seriousness of this and not make decisions that's the best for ourselves, but for the good of the group. And understand that, you know what? You've got a choice. I used to tell our players all the time, I mean, do you want to be coached today? Do you want to be coached? Step across the line. Well, everyone needs to be allow themselves to be coached right now because that's the only way we're going to deal with this pandemic. Uh, so there are certain things, you know, making good decisions. We used to end every single practice because I was so worried that I could control the environment our players were in when I had them with me. But when they left me, I always was concerned. No different with my children. And we ended every single practice for every single year I've ever been a head coach with saying, make good decisions. And that's really what we all need to do today. So I've been trying to send some messaging out, uh, but it is, it's look, it's, it's difficult. Uh, I've, not just for us. I think about like my daughter's ready to graduate law school. She probably mm-hmm. won't have a graduation. Mm-hmm. Think about the high school senior uh, that, you know, is finishing up their senior. Forget about just an athlete. Think about the senior that wants to go to the senior prom, that wants to share graduation, that wants to go to graduation parties. Think about the college seniors that they're graduating at the most difficult time that we've seen in, in my lifetime. What are they going to do after graduation? They have this degree. They're ready to go out into the real world. They want to you know, make a difference. They want to start their adult lives in a lot of ways. What do they do? So all those things, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. It, it creates anxiety. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's definitely been creating a lot of anxiety for myself as well. I, I just think the biggest thing for me is talking to so many different people. And I know that talking with you guys, I, you guys are going to be able to shed some light on the sports world in ways that I'm not I'm not able to see, and which I, which is why I really wanted to bring you guys on. And talking to everybody from so many different industries, it's like, wow, I didn't even realize how this would impact jobs and other people um, in that fashion. It's just, it's 
like this cascade effect. Mikey, uh, yeah, how are you doing physically, mentally, emotionally, everything? Yeah, I'm fortunate I'm doing really well right now. And like you said, you you see how it impacts different people. We've been really fortunate with the show and and with Golik and Wingo. We still get to do the show, right? Like you see so many people right now dealing with what Coach talked about with teams where you've had teams that had their seasons cut short. You had people whose plans were altered in ways they'll likely never be able to get back. And we are still allowed the normalcy of waking up and doing what we do every day. And just the the value in that routine, that thing you get so used to doing as an athlete that so many people are off of right now. You know, my brother and his wife are small business owners. They just had to shut their doors for the time being because they work in health and fitness. And so they're kind of dealing with, all right, what do we do now? What do we, you know, what are we telling our members at this time period? And so I've seen the things that they've had to struggle with. And then on the other extreme end of this, I've got a you know, couple of really good friends of mine that work in the healthcare industry right now that are working overtime that don't have the luxury of self-quarantining and are every day kind of going out and putting themselves at risk because they are nurses, because they are spe- you know, speech, uh, speech pathologists. They're working in these areas where, all right, they're going to be at risk. They're going to be out here working in some cases on the front lines of a lot of the the parts of this that have to do with helping people. And so I think kind of seeing that varied perspective of this is mm-hmm. certainly made me appreciative that, yes, you know what, I, like Coach said, I've got to be a little bit more mindful of my stuff, maybe not for my own sake, but because I know I've got people who are putting themselves at risk to help this situation. So if I'm not forced into action like that, the very least I can do out of respect for my friends, people that have been my teammates before are sit tight, listen to the people smarter than me and go from there. So I I feel incredibly fortunate where I sit as far as my own personal bubble right now. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you guys have a really, you know, you've got that perspective and both of you have a lot of experience under your belt. So you have that perspective where even if things are causing a little chaos and a little change in your life that you're okay with everything that's going on. Um, And, you know, I've had the opportunity now to talk to a few active student athletes who are literally in college right now. I talked to John Shire yesterday with the Duke men's basketball team. And the thing that I'm just surveying the handful of people that I've talked to, it seems like everybody is in shock right now. Um, And to the point where I just spoke to Amber Pfizer, uh, Minnesota All-American softball pitcher for uh, Minnesota. And she, you could just see and hear the sadness in her eyes. And it's really, um, I don't know. I'm just realizing now that these, everyone here is really in shock mode and i don't i want to help them and i don't know how to help them you know prep yeah, right now we're in uncharted waters i mean really i mean we're in shock because like there's no there's no game plan for this there's no notebook we haven't seen this before uh you know as parents as coaches you want to comfort you know the people that you care about but you know what? There's no manual to say, right, how do we deal with this? Like, think about how we first dealt with it. You know, first, like the Ivy League canceled their tournament. Where was that? Players were up in arms. And they said, you know what? Rightfully so, because we, we didn't understand it mm-hmm. at that point. So, you know what? I empathize with those players. I understand what they were going through. But you know what? There was no manual. You know, we, I was getting ready to go to the ACC tournament. I mean... And all of a sudden, you things start coming down, 
and it snowballs. But thank goodness, and this sounds this sounds really sad, but Rudy Gobert saved hundreds, thousands, ten thousands of lives, possibly. Because if Rudy Gobert, and it sounds terrible, and people say, well, you know, he did something stupid. Yes, what he did was uh, immature. What he did was uh, was wrong. What he did was. Uh, something he did not understand the scope of, but most of us didn't understand the scope of it at that time. But Rudy Gobert put a face, in terms of in the sports world, he put a face to this virus. And by putting a face to this virus, all of a sudden it made conference commissioners, university presidents, uh, NBA, all sport take notice. Wait a second. One of our own. And like in, in college athletics, how could we put a, a student athlete, quote unquote, an amateur athlete out and put them in harm's way when the NBA is shutting down. Yeah, so cool. yeah. in a sideways in, in sideways way, there's no manual. But what's happened is you see what's happened since Rudy Gobert, because now we have Kevin Durant. Now we have Donovan Mitchell. Now we have four players from the Nets, because all these people who had some type of contact with someone who had the disease, we see Kelly Hartong today, I mean, are now in harm's way. So I understand for sure, and I empathize with everything that these young athletes are going through, and it's, it's a part of their lives. I mean, and they're going to miss this special moment, but the moments that are going to be saved are far greater than the moments they're going to miss. Yeah, I think that's kind of the interesting <clears throat> part is, people are having to grow up kind of fast, right? Like I went back, I was, I was covering right before all this happened. The last event that I did was traveling for was a Notre Dame lacrosse game. So I was back on campus in South Bend where I'd spent so many years. And I had the weird moment where I was walking around past the grotto, all these spots on campus. And I went, wow, campus feels really small now. Like it was, it was the first time I kind of had that realization, like this place that was my whole world for so long now all of a sudden doesn't feel like it can fit all the tentacles of life that I have now, right? Like all the things my friends have grown and come to do, all the places I've gone and done with my family, they don't fit inside the box anymore. And so I kind of had to go back to that when I saw all this happening because now we all have the benefit of that 30,000-foot view where we can say, you're right, the, the totality of life and all these people that we're responsible for as global citizens and all these these great things I heard Jay Billis say and others on air is we can all realize that now, but when you're a kid going through this as an athlete, when you're someone who has spent your entire, you know, four-year career, the entire arc of that one season, and you talk to coaches and it was all the same way. You're, you are so nose down involved in what you're doing that sometimes it's hard to see that. And, you know, I, I said we had, I, I had the luxury of coming to the realization that, oh, man, all right, college was small compared to the real world. The same way I had the luxury of growing up with so many other things where I had teammates who had to grow up and start being providers for their families super early. Like a lot of people have that luxury removed. We're just seeing it on a really big scale where all of a sudden people are kind of having to become cognizant of that larger picture a lot faster than college, you know, folks in college generally tend to have to. So I, I think that's what we're kind of seeing play out. Yeah, and I think that's a really good perspective, and which is why I want to um, turn the conversation towards really having a productive discussion about what these athletes and coaches and universities, but really mostly that I'm, I'm – 
want to steer the conversation towards the student athletes because we have that 360 macro perspective. All of us were in the space, we played, we coached and or some sort of capacity and now we're able to step away from that and we know looking back how that hyper-focused mentality can, while that can serve you well while you're in the sports space, but in the, now might be a, the right time to kind of step off the square, if you will, and start to expand some of that focus. So let's talk about the student athletes right now. Um, They're in know, school right now. Here's the deal. Yeah. The, you know, like yeah. spring break's over. You've got four to six weeks left of the semester. You're not back on campus. You think about a student athlete. And again, there's all different types of student athletes. And now these young student athletes, they've got to stay eligible. All right. They've got to, they've got to do their classwork. They, they got to have distance learning. They're doing it without study hall. Like I always said that my players always did best in season. The reason they, they did best in season because they had a very structured schedule. All right. So they understood. Wake up. You go to class. You go to study hall. You come, you get your lift. Uh, you, you, you have training table, you come to practice, practice is over. We do film, you go back and do whatever you have to do academically, boom, and you're going to do it over and over and over and over again. And all of a sudden it's a very fixed schedule. It's a very controlled environment. One, these kids are going back home. Some of these guys going back home, their living situation for a lot of our guys wasn't as good as their living situation on campus. Yeah, that's a good their, their opportunity to room or tuition, you know, the way, especially with scholarships are today, in terms of their meals, their nutrition, their fueling stations, their their quality of life, the, the apartments they lived in, and the environment they were in. So a lot of these guys are going home, and it's important that they're with their families, but they're they're not in as good a situation as maybe they were on campus. That's just, that's just real. And then academically, uh, having the discipline to sit down in front of that computer I know, like, we never did online classes, but I know a lot of guys do online classes, but guys do online classes in a fixed environment. Yeah. I'm not sure they have that fixed environment that they would have during the source of the school year. So, you know, the academic side of the adjustment for these kids as this critical four, six weeks is going on is really important uh, in regards to their education and pursuing their degree. And, and that's a scary time for, 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 for these young people. Uh, Coach, I think I'd be interested from your perspective on this, too, because, Prim, you and I being on the side of it as athletes, the, the, the message that you deliver right now feels really important because the part you mentioned about structure is huge. But with that structure comes, you know, academics for me was also also just like another piece of the pie. Like it took me way too long to realize the things that I'm trying to develop now and whether that's the things I'm actually learning or the relationships with kids that are going to go on to jobs, trying to network in ways that I did not do a good enough job of and just being cognizant of what a portion of my life is until you realize, oh my God, sports might end. And I feel like this is kind of a unique juncture where like you said, kids can either go back home and fall into some of the same old, old habits or it can kind of hopefully be the message of, hey, this happens for everybody. Like eventually it's over. The abrupt nature of this kind of shakes us all loose, but this is coming like a freight train. So you can either be ready for it and do the things now with the benefit of this time. Cause this is, this is such a unique like time period because we're all sort of on standby that you can either make that time work for you or not. And so I feel like I got to imagine as a coach, there's a lot of added responsibility on these leaders right now, knowing you've got a lot of kids in an impressionable time. 
you're, you're communicating with your guys right now. Uh, I would think well, the way we, we set up our academics is each coach had three or four players that they would monitor. And they would meet them with them once or twice. We just on our academics. Then every Monday, we would meet with our academic coordinator. So we'd have a pretty good picture. We all had a kind of a game plan for each player, every assignment, every class, every test, so that we could day-to-day monitor where our guys are going. So I'm sure most coaches right now, those guys that have their responsibility, each assistant coach is monitoring each and every one of those guys right now on a daily basis and coordinating with the academic counselor and also checking to find out if there's a checks and balances of what they're going through. And then the other side of it is the mental side of it. Yep. Like, how are you dealing with this, the uncertainty of it? Now, are you making good decisions? Are you making, taking care of yourself? Are you understanding social distancing? Are you understanding uh, that a bad decision could not affect only you, could affect your grandma, could affect your mom, it could affect someone in your household? Um, so the communication is different because you're not putting your hands on guys every day. Like, we used to have a thing where we wanted our guys to come to the office every single day, eat out of season. So they could sit in the office, talk, you know, communicate, you know, especially right after the season where we're at right now, where, you know, you're giving them a couple of weeks off before you get back in weights and, and, and conditioning and in individual workouts. You want to make sure he's still in contact. It's harder. And then the other thing is, it sounds silly, but because you're not with your guys every day, there's so much more static around your guys. Mm-hmm. So like, so for, you know, sometimes this time of the year you're dealing with, and it sounds silly, I'm not it's probably a poor choice of words, but healing guys talking about, look, this is like for your freshman. At the end of freshman year, every freshman in college thinks that the transition to college is easy. In our sport especially, they watch on TV and say, well, that's easy. I can do it that guy. You know, but you know what? That transition is really hard. Mm-hmm. Transition from high school to college is really hard. Transition from college to the NBA for 99% of the guys is really hard. And so these kids are vulnerable. But now they got more static around them. And now they're not as not looking at things through the right, maybe prism. And you're going to see a spike, an incredible spike in the number of transfers or at least people in the transfer portal, because basically people are doing things on emotion because this is an emotional time. These are uncharted waters. These guys are at home. It's a unique environment. This is an emotional time. And in emotional times, people make emotional decisions. That's just the way it is. So there's a lot of moving parts going on for these young people. I'm, I'm hoping that we can get some of this, um, get this conversation out and hopefully reach some of the active student athletes out there. And, and if anyone's listening right now, um, if all of us were to, you know, kind of combine everything that we're saying, and I want you guys to chime in here, but I would definitely, my advice to all the student athletes out there would be number one, you just talked about the emotions. There's it's an emotional time for everybody right now. And I would say to all the student athletes right there, right now that whatever you are experiencing, whether it's isolation, there might be some anxiety, there might be some periods where you feel depressed or are depressed, um, any sort of those things, like those things are normal and they are okay. As Mikey said, this is kind of like a freight train. It is also a foreshadowing of what life will eventually become as an athlete because as we all know, it ends for us all. Nobody can continue on with their career. And whether or not we want to face this reality, it is a reality. And my hope is that um, for a lot of these student athletes, that at least it it gives you a little warning so you can kind of prepare for this. And also, um, you know, Seth, going off of what you said, if 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 there's anything to focus on right now, go ahead and focus on on athletic or sorry, 
focus on academics because that's all you can do right now. And if you're not academically eligible, eligible, thank you very much. Perfect, <laughs> perfect timing that. on that, too. <laughs> Just like, let I that Duke education kick in eventually, will you please? Notre oh. Dame is much better. I so he was like trying to reach through the screen. But you got to have that 2.0, and I hear that the NCAA is might be a little bit more lenient when it comes to that because of the distance learning. But nonetheless, everybody needs to have that 2.0. And beyond that, guys, is there anything, any sort of other advice and direction um, that you would like to chime in there and, and send off to some of these student athletes? Mikey? I got one based off what you, you and Coach Bull said, and it was the idea of Coach saying, you know, Coaches are constantly trying to reach out to their players. Players take care of each other, man. Like use the buddy system through all this. I got on FaceTime with two of my coworkers yesterday and felt immediately better after the fact. Like it's a chance because you've got all that time, nurture the relationships that are close to you. Like we get so caught up in the busyness of our routine and schedule that you miss that. Like your teammates need you right now, probably more than they have before. And no one's probably going to reach out because we're all a little too stubborn and proud to do it at certain times. And so just make sure, like, do, do wellness checks on your friends. Like, be that one friend that over-communicates and all of that. And take care of each other on that. And, and like you just said there, Prem, make the time work for you. Like, reach out to people that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise. Make sure you're pouring – you know, find something to pour yourself into. Take all those best qualities about ourselves as athletes and try and apply them to whatever is in front of you at the current moment. Find an outlet quick because it takes so many of us so long to kind of find that because we're trying to do it while we're also focused on being the best tennis player or football player or basketball player that we can be. Like You've got a time to singularly focus on something right now that's given to you. you know, we know the NCAA is working overtime to try and give everyone that was affected by this another opportunity so you might get to coach from a win in that situation and coach you know this it's always different the hardest i ever got reamed out was after a 45 point win that we had over navy we walked out of that room after that and you would have thought that we lost by 30 in that game because our coach knew and this it's kind of applicable to this whole situation our coach knew if we didn't correct the things like wrong is wrong no matter what the score is and if we didn't correct the things that we were doing wrong while we had the benefit of doing it from 1-0, and it was going to come back and bite us in the you-know-what down the road. So you've got an opportunity to kind of coach from a win right now with all aspects of your life. So don't, don't take that for granted. Make it an opportunity, not something that's a hindrance. All right, Mikey, it's time for a little rapid-fire quarantine questioning right now. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. Great. We want to end on a positive note. Um, so number one, what are you wearing? I feel like this is like a date. Like, what are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing? This is like love is blind where we can see each other right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am wearing a Jordan hoodie. I am wearing a pair of bowl game issued sweatpants from a bowl game. I didn't play in. You guys show the audience, show the audience yeah. here. So we got, we got a little, uh, we got the Jordan sweatshirt right here. Yeah. We've the Notre Dame, uh, I believe these <laughs> Fiesta Bowl sweats. Nice. Right here. I did not play in the Fiesta Bowl, but shout out to my former equipment manager, Ryan Grooms, for the hookup on that. I have not even sniffed a belt in the 10 days that we have been in quarantine. I will not button pants until this is over. That is my solemn <laughs> vow. When's the last time you showered? Uh, you know what? I showered last night. Like, I've been pretty okay. good about 
showering every day during the course of this. So I have I have some standards. Ladies who are listening, I am still single. That's good. Ladies, pay attention. Uh, <laughs> what are you reading or watching? I am I'm watching two shows. So I'm a big anime nerd, and I'm rewatching the whole uh, Dragon Ball Super story arc right now that I've already I think watched three times through. <laughs> I'm watching that. I'm finishing uh, the uh, the Outsider on HBO, uh, the one based off the Stephen King novel, and I'm reading The Silent Patient right now. So I'm about 150 pages into that. I like it. Um, what has been your comfort toy in all of this? So when I went to, I went and climbed Kilimanjaro in Africa like the month before this all started. And on the way out, I got, because like over there, like, carrying a staff in certain tribes is like a symbol of like power and masculinity. And so the, like the cultural heritage center on the way out, you could buy things like that. So I have like a stick. It's almost like a, it's kind of like what I liken to the, uh, the baseball bat for Tom Cruise's character and a few good men where he needs his bat to think. Do you have that in your house right now? Would you like to get it? I've got it right here. Actually. Hold on. Let's see it. It's pretty. It's pre- like it's also going to double like in case I need any home protection, it doubles as that now. But it's almost like a mallet. Wow. So it's about yay long. Tiny so it's not OK. So it's not very big. It's not like an actual stick that you walk with. So what's been your go to comfort food? My go to comfort food has been ice cream. I went and got two pints at CVS last night as I was stocking up on some other things. But it was just one of those like I needed I needed a little pick me up at that point in time. And, you know, I had some last night while I was watching TV. I might have just had some 20 minutes before I talked to you. Who's to say? I love me some ice cream. And we just had some last night. Uh, Who's your comfort phone call? Basically, the person that you're calling when you need some comfort or support. Uh, you know what? Um, actually, I've spent a lot of time on the phone with uh, Adam Amin, one of our uh, one of our uh, uh, fellow uh, friends here at ESPN, does some great play by play work for us. Him and uh, Heather Lee Cleggett, who's one of our producers here, who I met down at ESPN in Charlotte when I was doing stuff at the U. I've been FaceTiming with them a lot because we've been doing these like movie watches. Netflix has a party function that you can download so you can watch a movie with like a group of people and all chat during okay. it. So we did a group watch of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're doing like 90s movies that we haven't seen in a while. So we're going back and watching them. I think we're going to do Kingpin on Wednesday this week. So That's really cool. That's awesome. Um, where is your comfort spot in your house? And you have to show us. So this is kind of like we're doing little quarantine cribs, if you will. Oh, yeah. No, listen, well, so I'd say I, I so I've discovered a new one. Like, as you could, I, God, this is all Just right. Do it. I'm, we're I'm really Close myself here, and I'm going to turn on the lights over here so you can really see the depths of my sadness. This is this is my spot right here. I want okay. you to note all of the things that we've got right here. Oh, there's the ice so cream. The remnants of ice cream, an yep. iPad, some water, toenail clippers, which just makes me feel disgusting. Toenail looking. clippers. A blanket and just a caved-in couch cushion right there. That's so a fantastic couch. Yeah, it's uh, you know what? It's gotten me through some good times. It's a good sleeping couch. I'm a big guy, so I need a lot of depth in my, my furniture. <laughs> that's a good spot. I feel like that's going to be everybody's spot. I'm on my couch right now. This is where I we're doing everything. Where it's like eating, sleeping, TV, working, everything. Um, hey, by the way, while while you're moving around, can you show us what's in your fridge, please? <sighs> All right, so I hedged this by saying that yesterday I did like a clean out of my fridge because I realized 
And a lot of like excess alcohol that was definitely skunked in there. All right. Wow. This is, this is a real bummer here. Yeah. So you're like your bachelor mode ish. Oh, wow. Mikey, what are you eating? So I, a while ago I started doing uh like fresh meal plans. So like I have a bunch of those. My freezer is a lot more full right now. That's good. Okay. That's cool. I see it's some like, hot pockets in there or something. Yeah, you know, I got like I got my all like my, you know, my quarantine food in there. Like I'm trying to like have the breaking case of emergency food. Like if we get stuck at home for any like real amount of time, I've got pasta set up over there. I got a bunch of my, you know, uh of uh like waffles in the freezer, stuff like that. So Oh, of course you got the waffles. Yeah. Yeah, I am nothing if not a 30-year-old very single guy. I mean, for the love of God, over here I have two TVs, one's just sitting on the ground in front of the other. Oh my god. Well, you know what? You're in the you're in the industry of television. So, I mean, I I would not be shocked if you had eventually eight televisions cuz you kind of need that. You have to watch the games. That's that's what I tell people. That's the lie I tell people when instead I really just watch multiple anime shows on each. <laughs> um all right. So, what's your one piece of advice for staying sane through all of this? Uh yeah, I I would say just you know, everyone says like the normal advice, like keep a routine and do stuff like that. But I would also say like, I had this conversation the other day with a friend of mine and it's like, you've got the opportunity to finally do the things that you've been putting off. Like make sure outside of whatever helps you with like work and that your responsibilities that you have, like do something that you really enjoy doing. Like you've got the time right now. Don't add something else to your plate that's just going to be more stress with the extra time that you've got. So do something that like take a class, whether it's like reading, reading more is the thing I really wanted to do. But whether it's taking a class, maybe exercising more than you've had a chance to like find something every day. It just makes you like dumb happy for a little bit because it is kind of like a weird time. We're all off our normal game. So if you find something you can just kind of geek out on like that, that's helped me so far, at least. That's great advice. And lastly, who should we interview next you can feel free to tag somebody you know or don't know oh i mean I, listen i think the answer to this because all her answers would be better than mine would always be mina kimes and you oh, get the bon great one well and you get bonus coverage because you also get lenny who will be there present her dog and podcast co-host so i feel like that's a two-for-one special that is a great that's a great tag all right mikey um stay safe stay healthy keep eating your ice cream what flavors are you are you into right now by the way that was chocolate Hagen dazs on the couch right there last the night. I, guy. You know what? I like to give everyone their, their own little place in the ecosystem. I won a little Ben and Jerry's last night, a little uh, peanut, butter, uh, peanut butter chocolate chip. So we're getting a little bit of everything. Variety is the spice of life. <gasps> uh, I love it. All right, Mikey, thank you so much. Thanks, Prem.